Hello and welcome to the Materials Handling Middle East 2021 podcast series where we keep you in tune and up to date on the latest trends and insights into the regional supply chain and logistics sectors. In our first episode today, we'll shine the spotlight on four key industry growth opportunities to look out for as we build towards the next edition of Materials Handling Middle East, the region's dedicated trade show for warehousing, intralogistics, and supply chain solutions. In its 11th edition this year, the biennial 3D events will take place from the 2nd to the 4th of November at an all-new venue in 2021, that being the Dubai Exhibition Center, which of course places it right alongside a certain mega event in the name of Dubai Expo 2020, which really needs no introduction. But on to today's discussion, I'm joined by Mr. Gopal R, leader for the supply chain and logistics practice at Frost & Sullivan, a global consultancy firm. And Frost & Sullivan has recently published a report or an executive summary of a report that is about to be released very, very shortly um, on top four growth opportunities in the GCC supply chain and logistics industry for 2021. And we'll go through each of these opportunities briefly, um, giving you all the details that you need to know, what you do need to know. And um, yeah, Gopal, great to have you with us today. Thanks for tuning in and uh, pleasure to have you. Thanks, Gareth, and uh, wish you guys a very successful 2021 event. I believe this was supposed to be a 2020 event, um, which got moved because of obvious reasons due to the pandemic. So wish you guys all the best for this year's event. Just give us a brief overview of your report, because as you, you mentioned now, you've just sort of released the executive summary about to release a much more detailed report in the coming weeks. Um, but just tell, about, tell us a bit about it, its purpose and um, your research methodology. Sure. So every year we do um, outlooks on different markets. So this was um, one such outlook. In fact, um, we had done one on the GCC market the prior year as well. Uh, I think more so 2019. And we try and because of the you know the, the volume of markets around, so we try and uh, see if, if we try and do an outlook every you know two years. So that's the context of uh, this GCC growth opportunities in supply chain and logistics, um, you know, analysis that is shortly being published. And uh, using drawing the content from here, we had also um, held a client briefing about three weeks back. Um, so and and we captured some of the insights out of those, and we rolled it out as. Um, a preview for people to get a feel in terms of you know the sense of what you can look forward to uh, in you know in 2021 and beyond. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's go through each of these opportunities in turn. Um, the first one being, I suppose, is obviously quite relevant here in the Middle East, being governments obviously lead a lot of infrastructure development. But that is the first uh, opportunity: government-led logistics infrastructure development. Why is that? So, well, logistics, Gareth, is is all about money, materials, and information. Right? Obviously, the money part of it gets regulated by the financial markets. the The materials is what we are handling, uh, and uh, the information today has become the focus of many of the developing, uh, developed markets, where they are focusing on how can, um, you know, how can they ably connect. Uh, different parts of the supply chain, which is a point which we will come to subsequently. See, the so the materials uh, today, whether it is developing markets or even, uh, you know, developed markets, there is a lot of focus also in creating the infrastructure because you need to create the infrastructure to be able to support trade. And the yeah. fact that 
our region, uh, the this region, uh, also uh, is, is in the process of building up the required infrastructure. So it is very critical that the logistics infrastructure development uh, is ably supporting uh, the overall supply chain and logistics space. So that's why it is very critical. You see, you know, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, prior to this region, I spent almost 15 years in the Asia Pacific region. I can tell you, you know, the whole growth of, for example, markets like China um, stemmed from the fact that they created enormous capacities. You know, there was, uh, you know, uh, you know, two decades prior, uh, you know, the largest ports uh, were somewhere else, but today it's in China. Right, mm. the amount of container volumes out of probably 200 million TUs that 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 that's handled globally, uh, I would suppose about uh, you know close to two thirds of it originate or are basically destined to China. So, this is yeah. the kind of infrastructure growth that you know even many other developing markets, whether it is um, markets in this region or India or Asia Pacific or Southeast Asia, are going through. I think that is creating the necessary capacities for us to support the trade flows, Gareth. Okay. You have identified supply chain digitalization as a critical success factor moving forward in the supply chain and logistics industry. Um, how ready is the Gulf region for this digital revolution? I mean, given that fact that it's obviously a lot of high level capital investment in robotics, process automation, AI, big data, um, and in particular in a region where I've quite manual labor is relatively cheap compared to more developed developed economies you might say so are we ready now to to really take that next step forward in terms of the digital digitalization of the supply chain industry yeah there's a very good point um now uh, since you equated the digitization to the you know availability of labor so today for example a significant amount of warehouse automation is happening in china so China is actually having, um, you know, a large number of robots uh, moving all over the warehouses, so much so they are pioneering concepts of uh, dark warehouses, sensor-driven, robotic-driven warehouses for e-commerce and so on. So is the case, you know, with a lot of, uh, you know, new, uh, you know, startups in the space from markets like India, for instance. So, yeah. so we cannot really today uh, equate the digitization to the supply of labor because the, the digitization reasons stem from the fact that there could today, for instance, you know, if, if a port is going through a digitization or a modernization experience, it's because during the last year, we suffered significant, um, you know, pause in terms of manpower availability. Uh, mm. And you know, there were restrictions in terms of movement. There were, uh, you know, limitations in terms of visibility. So all these are driving the need for digitization and technology adoption mm. in this region. And uh, it is conducive in the sense that today, many of these technologies are, uh, are not replacing, but these are complementing the, the human capital to be in a position to deliver more as compared to what they used to do in the past. So, you know, yeah. and 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 also, for example, our warehouse environment, for example, go to Jebel Ali or, you know, any of these, you know, places. I think during the summertime, it's actually peak for, uh, you know, it's very ripe in terms of, uh, you know, automation requirements, right? Mm -hmm. Because given the temperatures, et cetera, you can actually use certain parts of the year to be, you know, completely automated and certain parts of the year to be a mix of 
uh, human as well as mechanized. So in, 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 in summary, the, the drivers are totally different. It's not, not exactly the, the, the labor cost or labor availability or lack of labor availability, <clears throat> yeah. but it's more in terms of the need for visibility, connectivity, as well as business process continuity gathered. Okay, and and I guess we'll come to this in a bit, but I'm sure that COVID nineteen has it had a sort of driving factor as well in the digitalization of of supply chain and logistics. Um, and of course, you also mentioned startups very briefly, and that comes to the next point or the next growth opportunity in the in the region, um, where startups will lead the logistics ecosystem transformation. What is driving that movement? So the um today uh, when when you look across the supply chain you know recently i was having a conversation with one of the technology companies they said if anybody says that they are able to offer end-to-end -end supply chain visibility i would probably put a big question mark on them and rightfully so during the um, you know the 2020 we realized that there are a lot of a lot of times the the supply chain got broken there was no connectivity uh, you know, you were not able to uh, interact with the rest of the world and so on and so forth. Now, the space today is offering, you know, significant possibilities in terms of being able to optimize the supply chain, whether it is transportation networks or whether it is warehouse automation yeah. or port operations. There are so many niches, so many, you know, so many small pockets of opportunities. That's that is what is actually creating an exciting space for startups to venture into this space uh, to whether it is in the form of trying to cut down empty miles or whether it is in terms of trying to track uh, you know containers using iot or trying to put in place you know blockchain and they are they are quite uh, agile and flexible too because one of the mm -hmm. other lessons that we have learned in 2020 is the need for you to be more agile and at the same time um, the resilience of the entire supply chain uh, was tested. So, you know, this basically has ha has led to the, you know, the requirement for not just visibility, but also ensuring that the process continuity is maintained. So all these mm. have created opportunities. And the fact that our entire ecosystem uh, from a GCC perspective as well as UAE perspective is very conducive in terms of creating startups. And you can see some of these markets, you know, whether it is even Asia Pacific or also, you know, Europe, this is creating new ideas and these, these can, these are getting uh, translated uh, in from concept to product very quickly okay. uh, for different applications. And that's what is driving uh, the opportunity space for startups mm. in the supply chain space. Gareth. All right. And are there sort of government incentives or government led incentives to bring startups into the industry to bring innovators who obviously you know, probably need some sort of capital or financial support in some sense? Um, are there sort of in incentives for them to come into the markets with their innovative technologies and solutions? So I, I think this is um, uh, being promoted in different parts of the world in different ways. And I, I, I you know, in UAE also, for example, there are different clusters and you know uh, different initiatives which are supporting the growth and development of uh, you know a new new technology space uh, as well as you know startups and specifically the fact that we are in you know a logistics uh, hub uh, mm. even more prioritizes the need for logistics and supply chain. So yes, 
there are a lot of areas and there are a lot of uh, support and measures being offered, which is also creating, like I said, creating a conducive environment for entrepreneurs to think about the specific pockets of uh, opportunity to be able to build on them. Okay. Finally, uh, vaccine logistics will support growth of cold storage and air freight, um, obviously around COVID-19, of course. Um, how can industry stakeholders make the most of this, I, I guess you could say, unique sort of business opportunity um, in terms of uh, you know, cold storage and air freight? Um, we've got to inoculate much of the world. Um, we need to get vaccines out there. Must be some sort of opportunity there, particularly in the space of cold storage. Yeah, very true. In fact, I would say this is more of an opportunity of, um, you know, which started off effective 2020, uh, because that's when this whole process started and people put in place uh, for certain uh, vaccines, which were developed using new platforms, which needed uh, storage conditions of even to the extent of minus 50 to minus 70 degrees as compared mm. to you know, you know, uh, a minus 10 or a minus 20, which basically created uh, a new uh, market opportunity. So yeah. that's what suddenly, you know, created a new opportunity space. So today with the, with, with some of the capacity initiatives being undertaken mm. uh, in creating uh, specifically in this region, you know, like the, you know, create trying to be a vaccine hub to be in a position to store and distribute to the rest of the world. Uh, of course, you know, these, these opportunities create uh, the need for storage as well as temperature control trans transportation, mm. uh, specifically in the GCC, North Africa, African region, Europe, and so on and so forth. But beyond this, when the, the vaccines get to the country uh, where these are administered, I, I think it, it needs to reach uh, far-flung corners of uh, large countries. Yeah. That's where actually the, the last mile delivery space can play a very critical role, you know, empowered by solutions uh, which can support, um, you know, the, the, the temperature monitoring as well as temperature control, which are very critical because these are, uh, you know, these are not, uh, these are not foodstuffs, but these are, you know, you know, medical things which goes into the human body. So which means that it needs to be even more regulated and controlled mm. so that, um, you know, there is, it's a, it goes through an unbroken, uh, you know, cold chain space and eventually gets administered successfully yeah. and you know, people benefit. So um, it creates opportunities in terms of temperature controlled, um, you know, storage, uh, express transportation, which is air, as well as even last mile from mm. the respective geographic markets. Because for some of these markets, of course, uh, you know, we, we in this region and specifically UAE, you are fortunate to be among, uh, you know, uh, among the set of uh, population where a significant set of people are vaccinated. But there are markets where it is just starting up as a fraction with large population and so on. So yeah. those are the markets I would say as we move into 2021 and 22, it will yeah. it will possibly you know create the need for such capacities and so services uh, for vaccine logistics, Gareth. Okay, and and I guess COVID nineteen is obviously directly related to that um, the final growth opportunity that you identified in your report, but in many ways. It's very relevant to the other three opportunities in terms of government investments and the digitalization of the supply chain sector in terms of startups. I mean, they're all sort of related to uh, COVID that we've all sort of dealt with in the last year. Or would we still have these three opportunities were 
COVID, were COVID not to happen at all? So the digitization, uh, of course, infrastructure as an opportunity has been building up uh, such, so you know, but um, these have been uh, expedited in certain cases because of new opportunities as well as new capacity requirements. But what I felt, uh, what we felt, which got accelerated significantly was the digitization angle. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, about a year back, uh, the extent of, uh, you know, face-to-face -face digital communication was probably, you know, ex existed, this technology existed, but the adoption was not there. But mm -hmm. in 2020, within, uh, you know, a quick span of, you know, one or two weeks or at best, you know, like two or three weeks at best, most of these companies got on to Zoom, Teams, and, you know, so much so the fact that you guys, uh, you know, took some of your events uh, online and we are talking online. And, you know, some of these developments, the, the accelerated adoption of digital technologies yeah. for business in general and also to create visibility in supply chain and logistics, I think this has had a very profound effect in 2020. Yeah. Um, I would say this, uh, while vaccine logistics is a, is a necessity that got created by because of the scenario the the digital uh, enablement of supply chain and logistics uh, is is an exponential adoption that was more of a market requirement um, which has been sort of you know just growing in a very linear fashion all these while but uh, that has had a significant impact in terms of how we do business today yeah another Keyword that pops up quite often in your executive summary of this report um, that you've developed uh, is e-commerce. Yeah, um, I, I, I imagine that must obviously have a, a very sort of key role and a key driving role, and all these four growth opportunities are all sort of very interrelated as well. Are they not? So, e now uh, when we had all these shutdowns, etc., you know, which is which which was a universal phenomenon. You know, it is not just in one country. So. And what filled the void in terms of, uh, you know, people buying things was e-commerce. Yeah. I think it became an essential service, uh, so, although it did not completely replace, an, you know, in-store sales for certain types of products. You know, it has certainly not gotten up to uh, the extent of in-store sales, but the, the increase of penetration from an e-commerce perspective has certainly been far more significant. And I would say that is here to stay, yeah. although there will be, you know, uh, you know, the retail sector developments, but it is here to stay. And, and today that's the reason why you will see a lot of brands are shifting more to the omni-channel space, which means that they would, you know, they, they today you will see models of fulfillment of fulfilling from the store which mm. means you know it is it is not just from a warehouse perspective it is not just a pure play uh, e-commerce platform but many of the brands are you know like web enabling them or you know mobile and you know enablement so that you can order the same thing from the you know the you know the experience store or uh, you know the retail points uh, and you would still get it within the same day and so and, and so forth so the the e-commerce um, growth uh, specifically from a supply chain and logistics has also been very uh, key to actually the you know survival of many of the segments uh, yeah, sure. 2020 and 2021 uh, to be very yeah 
Well, as you know, we've sort of touched on it briefly before, materials handling Middle East will, of course, take place later on in November. I know you're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, why should professionals in the supply chain, logistics, warehousing, intralogistics, why should professionals in this industry uh, be excited about the future of the industry um, you know, for 2021 and beyond? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I would say, you know, the, for me, the, the first point of excitement is that uh, looking forward to a physical event. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, no doubt. After a you know good pause of you know I would say a year and a half, almost two mm -hmm. years, getting to the event, and um, it'll be very interesting to see some of the developments live on you know how we sort of transpired through 2020 and 2021. It'd be very interesting to see some of the new age companies, how some new innovations uh, have been adopted. Uh, and people have, um, uh, you know, have have modified their ways of working as well as changed their processes and so on. So overall, I would say what we need to look forward to is uh, the sharing of the knowledge of change that we have gathered in 2020, mm. 2021, which um, I'm expecting a significant part of it to come out to the materials handling Middle East, you know, this year. And so that's why I feel uh, understanding this change and then really looking at what is the new normal uh, moving forward in terms of 2022 or 2023. Certainly a lot of, you know, there are certain parts of the businesses have changed in a way which probably it will not go back <clears throat> to its old self. So understanding those and creating business models and services along the lines, I think that is going to be the uh, interesting part uh, to look forward to for the for the future years. Kapil, thank you very much for your time. We certainly look forward to seeing the full report um, that you've produced. It's a um, fascinating discussion and um, we look forward to having you back on the show as well. Yep. Thank you, Gareth. Thanks for having me and best wishes to the Middle East, Handling Middle East uh, team for a successful event 2021. All the best. There you have it. Thank you for listening in. And if you'd like to hear more of our Materials Handling Middle East podcast series, you can simply follow us on Spotify or Breaker or visit our website, materialshandlingme.com. We're, of course, present on all four, so four social media platforms as well. So be sure to follow us on them as well at Materials Handling ME. Until the next episode, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all very soon.